going to start the recording now. Officially, a warm welcome to everybody. It's really good to be with you again. So for those of us who are new, just just, just do a wave, a show of hands, if this is your first uh, centering down with us. You could just give me a wave. Right, really good welcome, big welcome. Mm. I know some people from the States and some from Ireland. Um, so we're joining from all over. So, just so that you can feel really undisturbed and safe in your own kind of space, I invite you to make sure your phones are off so, you, so that you are not disturbed. And also if you could just check, or maybe if Karina can just check that everyone's on mute. So this month we are looking at... Oh, hello. Yeah. One question, would you like me to spotlight you? Would friends like Karen to be, or do you like seeing everybody, or do you want, how should it be Let's, on the screen? Yeah, let, let everyone choose. If you want to spotlight me, you can do that on your, um, but it's lovely to feel like we're all together. Um, so you, you choose uh, okay. individually, yeah. And just a tip, a, a, a tip that uh, I learned recently, if you uh, find it quite tiring to see your face on the top right hand corner of your window, those three dots, if you press on them, you can hide self view. It doesn't mean that we don't see you, we see you, but you don't have to uh, see yourself, which can be, <laughs> can be kind of a relief, <laughs> I find. <laughs> So that's those three dots uh, that's hide self view. And as I say, we still see you. So we are looking at advices and queries three. So for the first part, I'm going to read it. You can just, um, if you wish, close your eyes or somehow let the words sink into you like you're sort of mm, sinking into a warm bath. Um, to see how the words land in your body. So here we go. Take time to learn about other people's experience of the light. Remember the importance of the Bible, the writings of friends, and all the writings which reveal the ways of God. As you learn from others, can you in turn give freely from what you have gained? While respecting the experiences and opinions of others, do not be afraid to say what you have found and what you value. Appreciate that doubt and questioning can also lead to spiritual growth and to a greater awareness of the light that is in us all. So I'm going to circle back, take one bit at a time. There's so much in this advice and query. Take time to learn about other people's experiences of the light. 
In this exploration of the advices, I've been really struck by how it is so often that the first two words give me the clearest direction of where we're going. If you think about it, take heed in advice inquiries one. Be aware, that's number seven. Be honest, number 11. And with this one, it's take time. Take time to be curious and open to other people. Yeah, take time. So many of you will know about Marshall Rosenberg. He, he developed the nonviolent communication and he tells of how a friend of his had a son who was working in Lebanon as a peacekeeper. And he, uh, the last photo of him that was ever taken before he was killed in friendly fire was he was wearing a T-shirt with the words, take your time, written on it. And the father went to the son's place of work after his death and he was just distraught. And he said, you know, why, why would you send my son there? Anyone could have seen he would have been killed. It was too dangerous. And they just replied, we didn't take time. We didn't take the time to look at it. And sometimes we don't take the time to make sure we are coming from a place inside of us of kindness, you know, of choice, of love and truth curiosity. We tend to jump in, or I do, with our progress programmed instant responses. I know when I'm getting in a, uh, when things are getting a little bit tense with my, with my teenage sons, um, I can give them a choice. I say, look, I can respond to you right now and it'll be bad, or you can give me time and then we'll get a better, we'll get a better response. This is fine. Take it, take your time, take your time. <laughs> take time. When we come to meeting, we are taking time. And when we sit in private meditation, we are taking time. It's kind of a, a radical thing to do. When we pause before launching in with our opinions and preferences, we're taking time. We often live as though we don't have enough time and in that economy of lack, our reactions can remain, you know, kind of subtly beyond our arena of choice. Yeah. So, one of the classic research studies I can really relate to so much is, it was done using the, the parable of the Good Samaritan. And the research was taken on at Princeton in the US where the seminarians were given a practice sermon and half of them were assigned the story of the Good Samaritan and the other half just a random Bible story, right? And then they were supposed to go across campus to another building and give the sermon and be evaluated. Now, on the way to the other building, that's where the research was happening. They didn't know this. So they pass a person in the doorway who's moaning in distress. And the big question is, do they stop and help? Do they stop and help? Hmm. And did the Samaritan, the people who just studied the Samaritan, did they stop more or was there? Yeah, what happened? It turns out that it was determined by how much time they thought they had before giving their sermon. If they believed they'd be late, they didn't stop to help. 
And this is true, even if they're on their way to give a sermon about the Good Samaritan. Quite something. I just think that's one of the most brilliant, revealing pieces of research. Because we can care about caring, but when we're in the grip of there's not enough time, it's going to go out the window, doesn't it? So do we take time to respond to others? Do we take time to respond to what's inside ourselves? It's a beautiful story uh, from Tattoos on the Heart, which is a book I really recommend uh, by Gregory Boyle. He's a Jesuit priest who works with uh, gang members in LA. So he's in his office and it's between morning mass and he's about to do a baptism, yeah? And the family are gonna come in in five minutes and in walks a woman and uh, I'll read you what, she, what he writes. So she says, I need help. She launches right in, breaths brash, you know, something of a no shit sister. Oh, she says, I've been to like 50 rehabs. I'm known all over, nationwide. And she smiles, her eyes wander around my office. She studies all the photographs hanging there. She multitasks and her inspection of the place doesn't derail her stream of consciousness rambling. And the family's gonna arrive in five minutes. I went to Catholic school all my life. Fact, I graduated from high school. Even fact, right after graduation is when I started to use heroin. Carmen enters some kind of a trance at this point and her speech slows to deliberate and halting. And I have been trying to stop since the moment I began. Then I watch as Carmen tilts her head back until it meets the wall and she stares at the ceiling. And in an instant, her eyes become these two ponds, water rising to meet their edges, swollen banks spilling over. Then... For the first time, really, she looks at me and straightens. I am a disgrace. Suddenly, her shame meets mine. For when Carmen walked through the door, I had mistaken her for an interruption. I had mistaken her for an interruption. Take time. It's kind of worth just putting it on a, a, a post-it and sticking it everywhere. Take time. Take time to breathe. So the second sentence, remember the importance of the Bible, the writings of friends, and all writings that reveal the ways of God. Sometimes I think it's a bit like a person who wants to learn to play music, yeah? Perhaps they go out and buy a really beautiful instrument, the best there is even, but they don't get a teacher. I feel the Society of Friends can seem a bit like that, perhaps especially for newcomers. We have the best instrument there is, and this is from a music teacher, right? (laughs) We have silence. We have a commitment to discernment and the desire and intention to see the light in everyone. But with very little teaching, it can lead to a sense of discouragement for tenders, but even for those who've been coming for a long time. Like someone starting an instrument, it is hard without a teacher. So in this advice, we're reminded of the importance of teaching, the teaching and learning that we can find in spiritual texts. Last month, 
we talked about Lexio Divina, that is reading and meditation on a text. This is what we're doing here. Reading books that nourish us and inspire us, and most importantly, sharing that in our meetings. We are the teachers. It's like, this meeting needs this at this moment to bring this story, this spiritual nugget to life. Parker J. Palmer, the, the Quater educationist, talks of the teacher within. So perhaps here, in this part of the advice, there's an invitation to give the teacher within a voice. Mm. I remember the astonishment I felt when I was a new member, or a new attender even, when I ministered and others at the end would come up and thank me for the ministry. It took every ounce of courage to stand and say what was inside. And the graciousness of how it was received has been just one of the many wonderful gifts as a community of friends. One of the most valuable impacts of George Fox was his relationship with the Bible. He knew it intimately and quoted from it often. And his view was that for us to hear the word of God correctly, we needed to be still and calm in our own minds. Otherwise, we would read the Bible through a lens of our own biases and prejudices. And that, of course, as we know, the Bible can be a very dangerous book, sanctioning all kinds of unloving actions. In that way, the Fo uh, George Fox read the Bible in the same way as Jesus. And Jesus would quote very specifically from the Bible and leave out unloving sections, even if it was the very next sentence. I've been thinking about the time Jesus was tempted. The devil offered him possessions, power, prestige, and each of these Jesus refused. We're about to start Lent, aren't we? That time where he was for 40 days being tempted in, in, in the desert. So Jesus refused all those temptations and instead he chose to stand in place of right relationship with God. And I wonder if the hardest one for him to have refused was when Satan offered him power of all the lands. I bet Jesus might have had the thought, oh, think of all the people I could help. And yet he knew that compassion was always going to be the people he touched, right? His tender heart to theirs. This is so humbling and so moving to me. I can get overwhelmed by the words need, world's needs, yeah? And the desire to somehow relieve suffering in some big gesture. But ultimately, as Rumi says, we are asked to sell cleverness and buy bewilderment. It's that radical place of trusting that this small part, this tiny movement in the general dance, is what I have been called to do. As you learn from others, can you give freely from what you have gained? I wonder if there is a reluctance to minister and teach. I wonder if it comes from a sense of self-doubt, a fear of getting it wrong, or that it might not be correct ministry. It might be that the kinds of personalities attracted to Quakers are more on the introverted scale. Or perhaps it's more that we think, how can I, with, with my paltry experience and knowledge, give freely into the life of the meeting? And yet, friends, who are we not to? 
I love the quote by Marianne Williamson. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask, us, we ask ourselves, you know, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that others won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. I have found that to be true. But perhaps it's also the willingness to really absorb, take time. There it is again. All that we are and all are the experience of our lives. A wonderful quote from Florida Scott Maxwell writing in her mid-80s. You need only claim the events of your life to make yourself yours. When you truly possess all you have been and done, you are fierce with reality. Perhaps as meetings, we can courageously invite each other to share all that we have been and done so that we can be fierce with reality and our meetings also fierce with reality. I wonder who you have learned from, what texts have inspired you. And I hope we'll have time at the end, we will have time at the end to share some of that. Finally, while respecting the experiences and opinions of others, do not be afraid to say what you have found and what you value. Appreciate that doubt and questioning can also lead to spiritual growth and to a greater awareness of the light that is in us all. In my meditation teaching, teacher training recently, I had a powerful experience of this. You know, many of us were experiencing a lot of doubt about ability to teach. And it was in discussing this and bringing it to the light of awareness that we grew to understand a lot of truth around what was motivating us to teach and how we longed to be our authentic soul selves in this role. I really think this, is, this statement is one of the most powerful teachings on equanimity in Quakers. We are respectful of others And yet, that is not supposed to silence our own values. We can be mindful of our thoughts, our stories and preferences. But we also are mindful and, and, and yes, we can be mindful of our thoughts and stories and all the causes and conditions in our lives that brought that about. And we can bring curiosity and kindness to our thoughts and the opinions of others. The great story of a Zen Buddhist monastery in the US where one of the monks left and converted to Christianity and then after some time returned to the monastery and tried to convert the monks to their way of thinking. The monks went to the abbot and they were very upset. How could you be saying these things to us? How dare she? The abbot paused and took his time and smiled peacefully and replied, well, perhaps she's right. (laughs) 
perhaps he's right. Believe that you might be mistaken. It's like we can hear a line in music and it's not supposed to obliterate the other line that we are singing. It all contributes to the whole. Isn't that amazing, the way it's explicitly named? I love that. We're supposed to doubt and question things. We're not supposed to leave our intellect at the door when we come to meeting. So, in tonight's meditation, we're going to keep it really simple. In Farnham at Christmas, we put out this huge banner that says, keeping it simple this Christmas. (laughs) So we will do that simplifying everything to just this moment. To do this, I will guide you in a centering practice which allows us to come into this moment and find our center of gravity, our still center. And there are many ways, there are many ways to center down. You can imagine being still and still and calm as like a room that we're entering. And there are loads of doors, right? There are loads of doors into that room. So I'm just offering you one door. And the other part of our time together is compassion, right? We're centering down with compassion. So first we will relax, come into our center, and then we will turn towards compassion. And just to add, If there arises in you thoughts or judgments, like, oh, I can't do this, or I'm just no good at this, then the practice is to hold that with compassion too, with kindness. So, Karina, can I just ask you to check that everybody is muted, so that we are... Thank you. Great. Good. So, holding everything with compassion. We will start. Let's begin, friends. So, I invite you to take a, an upright, relaxed posture. If you, if you find a posture that you can be relaxed in. If possible, your feet flat on the ground. Breathing through your nose. Soothing the body. Perhaps on the out-breath, letting your feet relax, letting your attention relax right into your feet. And on the next out-breath, relaxing all your legs, relaxing your legs, letting them soften. Softening and relaxing your sitting bones and the small of your back. On the out breath, softening and relaxing your stomach. Soft. 
softening and relaxing your chest. Softening and relaxing your arms, your hands. Perhaps letting go of anything that's in your mind. Just can let your hands really soften, deeply relaxed. Perhaps with the next out breath, deeply relaxing your shoulders. Softening all the muscles in your face, your eyes in the eye sockets your teeth in the mouth, your tongue, your jaw. Relaxing your ears so that they can just allow what's coming their way. Continuing to breathe in and out through the nose. Soothing your body with each breath. May the body relax. imagining your mind as being like a muscle. May your mind relax. Be still and cool. As if someone is placing a cool flannel on your mind. Offering relief. To start the compassion, the holding in the light, I'm going to invite you to bring a beloved being to mind, a being that you cherish 
melting your heart. This can be a pet or a baby, someone present or someone who has died, someone who it's easy to love. I'd like to imagine holding or stroking or hugging or in some way embracing, expressing how much you cherish this being. And to cultivate that sense of cherishing and compassion. You might like to experiment with some phrases and offer these phrases to you if they don't fit or if you've got ones that you prefer then experiment with what works may you dear being be safe from inner and outer harm May you, dear one, be happy. May you, dear one, be healthy in mind and body. May you live in peace. May you be safe. May you be happy. May you be healthy in mind and body. May you live in peace. So continuing with those phrases or ones that fit more, holding that beloved being in the light, allowing that to, to whatever degree is possible, be felt in the body And shorten it if you wish on each out breath safe may you be safe happy may you be happy healthy peace 
friends. We, of course, are deserving of compassion too. We know this, right? We know we can't give from an empty cup. So I invite you to offer those words of care and love for yourself. May I be safe from all inner and outer harm. May I be truly happy. May I be healthy in mind and body. May I live in peace. May I be safe. May I be happy. May I be healthy. May I live in peace. Continuing to hold yourself in the light. If you're willing now to open your eyes and just take in everyone here in this virtual room so that we can offer compassion to one another. May you be safe, dear friend. May you be happy. cherished, healthy, may you live with peace, If you're willing, friends, I'd love us to extend our compassion to all the folk of Ukraine, all the people who 
who are displaced, who are fighting, who are frightened. With great tenderness, may we hold them. this practice this evening be deeply beneficial to ourselves and to everyone around us in our communities and to the whole world We can offer each other a virtual handshake. <laughs> mm. Thank you very much. Thank you. Good. So we're going to go into uh, breakout rooms in a moment. And I'm going to invite us to build community, to build that sense of compassionate, loving community um, taking it in turns to talk without interruption, like worship sharing, right? So we will talk and then pause, perhaps for five breaths before the next person talks. Going to invite the person whose name is nearer A in the alphabet to go first. And then they can choose who, to, who will talk next. So... Um, well, actually, why don't we keep it in, in alphabetical order? It's kind of simple and everyone knows. So we'll be in alphabetical order. We'll have five breaths before we speak. We'll just be speaking from our hearts, really, and listening with our hearts. And I would like to invite you to um, talk about... You can talk about anything that the practice um, brought up for you. Or anything that advices and queries five brought up for you. And in particular, if you want to talk about um, things that have inspired you, right? So um, this is as you learn from others, right? As you learn from others, as you are inspired from others, can you give freely from what you have gained? So you might, might be something you've read or teacher or someone you've listened to that you've has really meant a lot to you might be a therapist or a parent friend and can you give freely from what you have gained so what have you gained from that person so I'll put that in the chat so that uh, it's a little it's quite a lot so you can talk it will we'll, if you do perhaps um, a minute each so you talk for a minute and five breaths, and the next person talks for a minute, then five breaths, 
and then next person talks for a minute and then you can circle around again. So we will have, let's see what's our timing. We can have 10 minutes in our breakout rooms. Um, and I will put in chat, uh, hopefully, that w what, what I've just said, that you'll be talking about anything that came up from the talk or anything that arose in the meditation um, or from, yes, if you want to focus on what the person who has inspired you. There's a lot in there. Has anyone got any questions before you go into breakout rooms? I, I will put that into the chat. So um, I won't be in a breakout room, but if, Karina, you could put everyone in groups of three, would that be okay? Yeah. I'm just wondering if you wouldn't like to keep everyone together, just because I noticed three people have left. So ah, I'm wondering how that would... Yeah, well, we could do that. I just, I suppose I was thinking about the sense of when we talk one to, in a small group, we could get to know each other better. Um, let's give that a try and then we will come back and, and sh pool our ideas. We will have time at the end. Sure. Any any other that. questions before we go? Okay. Um, yes. A quick one. Yeah. Uh, you know, I came very late just, to, just in this. Did, did you record the, the first part? Yeah. Okay, good. Because I was in in the meeting for worship for uplifting Ukraine yes. for the first hour and a half. Yes, yes. Or, or, or sorry, taking up time, so I'm going to... That's okay. Good. We will see you in 10 minutes, friends. You do it. Yeah, it's yeah. it's not it's letting right. me do a chat. Okay. Just bear with me, sorry. I'm going to get it all sorted in a sec. I want it to be uh, automatically assigned, so... Um... Can you share your screen, Carolyn, Carol, with, with what you wanted to put in the chat? Yes, I'm... Here we go. Here we go. I'm getting it now. Okay. Okay. Um. Well done. Yes, well done. I, I hope that the chat is visible in uh, rooms. Do you know if it is? I don't think it is, no. Oh, I think it was a bit complicated, but you said it a few times, so I think people will remember it. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, you just said basically just, just share whatever you like. 
that's fine. I don't think it does come up. The chat's only in this bit, I think. Okay. Um, I feel like there was just so much in that advice and queries that probably everyone got really lost. <laughs> so. No, I don't think so. I think it was very nice. Thank you. Honestly, I don't think it was uh, too much at all. Um, I'm just wondering. Yeah, so we've got three people in most of them and then four in room one. Ruth is with Debbie. That's nice. And, and then Yogi is with a couple of Irish people. Great. Should I stay out or... I don't seem I don't seem to see myself, but anyway, it doesn't perhaps it doesn't matter. I can't remember how to do it. Well, let's let's have a mini meeting together. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. Why Why don't you start? Okay. Um, I enjoyed hearing about the Rumi. Um, a quote from Rumi. 